Hello, hello, and welcome to the Pick and Play Show. We got Leo, we got Zell, your pal Gordo. This week, we're going to be navigating through what happened in week five. There was some fucking electric shit that went down. I did a little crying on Twitter. I got better, though. Uh, We transitioned into our top fives. We're going to do MVP, top five teams, bottom five teams. We're going to talk a little Chucky. And that house of horrors that was unleashed on us yesterday. And then we're going to transition into week six where we break down really only three marquee games. And let's kick it off. Kill Jay-Z. They'll never love you. You'll never be enough. Let's just keep it real, Jay-Z. Fuck Jay-Z. I mean, you shot your own brother. How could we know if we can trust Jay-Z? And you know better, nigga. I know you do. You gotta do better, boy. You owe it the blue. All right. Week five in the books. Dramatic week. Zell, you were started off at London. How was it watching that game early and then kind of just having a buffet of football the rest of the day? Or did you just walk away from your TV? No, no, no. I don't let it get to me like that. I still watch football the whole day. Um, it was pretty much how all Jets games have gone so far this year. They don't show up in the first half. And then the second half, they try to make a comeback and end up falling short. Um, that was definitely a winnable game. Matt Ryan looked like MVP Matt Ryan out there. He was slicing, dicing us up. Um, and everybody, I think, called the breakout game for Kyle Pitts when, you know, no Gage, no Ridley. Um, so it was um, it was kind of – I thought we should have won the game and we still had a chance to, but uh, the defense couldn't get a stop there at the end. I don't want to – put too much blame on them though just because i think the offense needs to do a better job of you know sustaining drives and helping them out early in the game when your defense is out there for you know 75 percent of the game they're gassed you know um so they couldn't get the stop when they needed to but they, we need to get a better start so hopefully they uh address that on this bye week i kind of saw we won't take too much longer on this game because really i mean atlanta and jets but uh <clears throat> I, I we keep talking about it but it's just a young team all the way around on the Jets, like everything. And and I'm, I'm looking forward. I really think they're going to – if they continue trying this rebuild correctly, they should be bringing in some kind of assistant coach or somebody to help Salah uh, navigate maybe a retired coach that doesn't really want the whole full-time job. You see that from time to time. Just some coaching for him just to get through these rookie, you know, rookie situations – uh, you look at someone it, just to kind of emphasize how important it is to kind of have that yin and yang. You have all this, you know, first time, what was it first time OC, first time DC, Robert Sala, first time head coach, and then Zach Wilson. Is that all right, Zell? So our defensive coordinator, Jeff Ulbrich, he uh, was the D coordinator for the Falcons. Um, I think after Dan Quinn got fired last year. So I don't think it was his first time, but he's still young within calling plays like that but pretty much everything else you said was right first time oc first time head coach first time quarterback yeah it's just important to have someone there to be like hey i've done this for 60 years and and you know this is something that's been successful almost like if like uh you know david cully the head coach of houston who we've we've gone on about on this podcast and um having someone like him at least you know on the side of the staff not saying leading it but that kind of structure would help them i think but uh you're seeing good things out of zach wilson you're seeing good things out of young players i think it's the best you can hope for so uh we'll see how they go as the season progresses um and hey they've got a win on the season right so you're not sitting in it's not sitting in the seller uh speaking of that win leo jacksonville comes to town this is a derrick henry get well game um 
exactly what you wanted this week, right? Yeah, I mean, it's Jacksonville. This is exactly what I wanted and exactly what I expected. They're little bro. They've been little bro for a long time now, and they continued to be little bro. And honestly, I would have been extremely, I would have been even more sick than the Jets loss if the Titans had lost this game after the whole week of Urban Meyer. We got reports saying the Jacksonville Jaguars haven't even begun game planning for the Titans. They're still worried yeah. about Urban. So had the Titans lost that game, I probably would have thrown up all over my shorts. But this is exactly <laughs> what I expected. So it, no surprise in Tennessee. Well, I guess the game was in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, actually, the, I'll tell you the one weird thing about the game for me um, this is the first game that Derrick Henry did not get a reception. They did not, he did not complete a reception. They just ran him 29 times for a buck 30 and three touchdowns. That's what you expect out of Henry. You're going to get them again in Tennessee. They are going to get Derrick Henry again in Tennessee. Uh, all around he had to earn that buck 30 yes i can tell you that those were a very hard fought hard earned 130 because he didn't really rip off any big ones that's 130 of five yards at a time 10 yards at a time seven (laughs) yards at a time so i know he hurt when he woke up yesterday morning i actually was a little stunned with the intensity that jacksonville was playing with (laughs) they did seem fiery right like when they did not quit like to your point they did not quit on tackling derrick henry i don't know if there's something there to that but it was a tumultuous week and then they come into this game and they do a pretty good job of just putting bodies on henry and not letting you know he still had a buck 30 and three touchdowns but i felt like they didn't let it get crazy Right, I would say that the the Jacksonville Jaguars typically play Derrick Henry that way. Like we'll see at the end of the game where Derrick Henry will have a hundred some yards, multiple touchdowns, and go. Yeah, Derrick Henry, he did it to him again. Yeah. But they come out with that intensity every time they play him because I think they always they know that they always end up in memes and videos all yeah. over the internet every time <laughs> yeah. he dominates them. So yeah, I think it's personal when it comes to Derrick Henry versus Jacksonville. They they just can't do anything about it. So there were really at the end of the day when the dust settled, there were a couple important games from the week that had at least some kind of interesting outcome that uh, we want to touch on here. The Packers and the Bengals. Did either one of you watch this fucking game? That was amazing. I picked the Packers and I had a parlay and I had the Packers money line. So I was fucking glued to the TV. I had the Packers minus two and a half in a parlay that had everything else had fucking clipped through. Everybody in America that had a parlay on Green Bay minus two and a half or Moneyline is just sitting there watching that game. It was tense as shit. I was in a room with uh, three of my cousins and a couple of their friends, and everyone had the Packers, and everyone standing up watching Mason Crosby miss like 30-yard fucking field goals. Chip shots, bro. Oh, my God. Did, Did you ever feel less like... When he walked out to kick the game-winning kick, I was like, what is the purpose here? Like, if he misses this, do you just, like, what do you do? Do you take his uniform from him? I was making the joke that they should have taken his shoes away and been like, you're not kicking, you're not doing anything, you're just going to sit barefoot on the sideline. Like, everyone's going to know that this is what you fucking did to us. And then the fucking Cincy kicker goes out and misses it. Uh I, I mean, Leo, you had money on that parlay. What are you thinking as this goes back and forth for like literally 15 minutes of this, this bullshit of missing field goals? 
normally I reserve my emotions for the Titans. I don't get too riled up for the other NFL teams, but I was standing up in front of the TV. No, not sitting. I was standing up in front of the TV yelling at Mason Crosby, not only because I had the Packers money line in my parlay, he's also my fantasy kicker in multiple leagues. So I'm just watching him shank ball after ball and and losing me points. And and I was furious. I was furious, (laughs) to be honest with you. He was fucking my money up, and he was fucking my fantasy (laughs) team up. <laughs> it was fucking nuts. Zell, you have anything on that game? I I just want to know if y'all saw the Bengals uh, kicker's reaction yes. after he thought he made it, and it confused me for a second because I was like, "Wait, did he really make that shit?" Because I swore it hit the flag. So after they like zoomed in or whatever, and he's like celebrating and stuff like that, the announcer was like, "And he's celebrating, but he missed." He missed. Yeah, I don't think yeah. He knows it, yet. it was insane. How did he not know he missed? He had the best view out of everyone. It hits the flag on the left right. side of the field goal. <laughs> that was yeah. It was, was insane. Part of that. Yeah, we were sure. going nuts over it. Uh, something out of this game that was interesting: Joe Burrow got cleared from what was clearly a concussion, and after the game, went to the hospital for a throat contusion. First. That's a tough son of a bitch. That is, if you watched him, the amount of hits he took last year, the hit he took this year that knocked him out cold in the game and they let him keep playing, that's a tough motherfucker there, man. I mean, I'm surprised he's still breathing. Uh, They beat the piss out of him. He got hit on a play where he went airborne, hit his head on the defender's shoulder, and then he came down face first onto uh, onto the side of the grass. What a brutal game. Gutsy by the Bengals, though, actually keeping it close with Green Bay. The Bengals keeping this close, I thought, was the most remarkable piece of the whole thing. I kind of thought Green Bay would pull away. Um, Any other takeaways from the Bengals that you guys saw? They surprised the hell out of me. I can tell you that because I think last week I predicted a blowout. And so, I mean, I did get the Green Bay win, but I had to sweat way more than I planned on sweating for that game. Yeah, I um like when we were on last week, I said the Bengals are, you know, keep it close. You know, that yeah. offense they have, man, is it's for real. And like you had mentioned about Joe Burrow, that dude, I don't know, he's cut from a different cloth taking those type of hits and that type of beating, man. But yeah, I wasn't surprised that it was a close game, but um couldn't pick against Rodgers in the end. Just nuts. Uh, another big game that happened that was absolutely insane. The Los Angeles Chargers and the uh, Cleveland Browns played a slobber knocker. I mean, the over, almost one team cleared the over in this game. Uh, a final score of 42 47 for 89 total points. Uh, the Chargers scored 26 points in the fourth quarter. 26 in the fourth quarter alone. The Browns score 15. There was 31 fucking points in the fourth quarter of this game. That's more than a bunch of football games. It's, I mean, there were games that didn't end that this team had points uh, in the fourth quarter. And here is the craziest stat of the weekend. There have been over 4,000 individual football games played where a team scores 40 points and doesn't turn the ball over. 4,000 games. This was the first one ever where the team lost. Insane. 
The Yikes. Cleveland Browns are the they are one and four thousand. It's like four thousand one hundred and seventy three. One and four thousand. And they lose That's a this tough game. L to take. That's a tough one. 42 points, zero turnovers, and you lose by not even a field goal. You lose by five. Uh, Zell, you take a gander at this game while it was going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching Justin Herbert drop 50 points against me in fantasy, man. That that guy's unbelievable. But um, that last play at the end where they uh, drag uh, Eckler into the end zone and forced him to score just so the Browns could have had more time um, you know, to try to come down and score. That that was pretty crazy. But just a bunch of big plays everywhere, man. And um, Baker, uh, I don't know, again, what it is going on with him and Odell. Like, if you would have said this man had, like, what did he have, over 400 passing yards? Yeah. And 30 of them went to Odell? I wouldn't have yards, believed that yeah. for sure. But he, I mean, he stepped up, used all of his other weapons. Um, Chubb and Hunt, you know, once again, proving themselves as the best one-two punch in the league. Both of those guys eat. Um, and I know we're going to get to this a little later, but Herbert is definitely um, in my top five of MVP candidates right now. That guy's that guy's a beast, man. Yeah, I I, I, I really thought this game was absolutely insane. Uh, the whole Odell thing has been going on for a while, and here's the truth. Baker Mayfield does not throw the ball down the field. Odell Beckham is a down-the-field receiver. They just never mixed. And I don't know if the Browns haven't gotten rid of Odell because they're going to get rid of Baker. And if they get rid of Baker, they feel that Odell will help the next quarterback even more. Something to keep an eye out on if they keep Odell and get rid of Baker for next year. But it's that that doesn't even need to work. And the Browns put up 42 against a good defense in L.A. Leo, do you have money on this one too? I did. Did I have money on that? No, I didn't touch this one. And I, oh no, yeah. wait, I lied. I lied. I did. I had the Chargers, and so I thought I was dead for most of the game because the Chargers yeah. were down for a while, and then they stormed back and won. You know, ultimately none of that stuff mattered because I, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit here because we're we haven't gotten there yet. But I just want to say that that parlay that I told you about was a nine-team parlay, <laughs> and I hit eight of the nine. And I'll, I'll let you know about Oof. my pain when we get Sheesh. there. But I, mm. I, I mm-hmm. came one game short, and I'm still licking my wounds from it. Oof, that's brutal. That's some brutal shit. I hit a couple, but when you have a nine-teamer, I'll, t- I'll, I'll preach this. I've preached on the pod. You got to hedge it. When you get towards the end of that payday, take a little of that payday off the top to give you something to sleep on at night. Just always hedge that. Always hedge it. Give yourself a little something. Um Especially if you've got an app. I don't know how it is in Florida. You guys got like a real app or you got like my my bookie or something like that? No, I'm on my bookie on my laptop. My bookie, yeah. 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 Okay, my okay, bookie. okay. So then it's it's not like, yeah, it's so funny that that's what everyone uses. Like it's a fucking, it's, a, it's like a name brand company basically that's not legal. It's just insane. Uh, but something interesting with that, when you get on an app that whenever the state uh, of Florida decides that they're going to let you all have a real app, you get options to cash your parlays out early, um, and you get options. You you can get better options to head hedge because you can cash that thing out early. So, uh, what I just something I did earlier in the year was I had a parlay coming down to that Oakland Miami game, and I had Oakland. Uh, the parlay was like twenty to one, and it was Raiders. Uh, I think it was Raiders minus two or whatever it half what they were for that game two and a half, and then on the other side of it. Um, at a certain point, the Miami Dolphins were a live bet line of nine to one. So 
it, you just take some of that principle you'd win with the the Raiders and flip it over onto the Dolphins. Now you have Dolphins nine to one, so if they win and you lose your parlay, you still essentially hit a nine to one parlay with it. If they lose, doesn't matter. You hit your big parlay, so you can do that with like live lines and like better betting systems. Just something to keep an eye out on because I was able to cash out that Oakland bet. And then turn around and cash out the Miami bet when they took it to overtime. <laughs> so Damn, I made money on both of them. But you can only do that if you guys have a real app. And hopefully that comes soon because the betting options and the usability is way better than my bookie. It's like, been so approved in be Florida, uh, but okay. I don't think they're in full go yet. And, you know, they've made okay, the right. preliminary decision that they're going to allow it, but not in motion yet. Way, way better of a system. Uh, the the tools, the bets you can make are way better. Like it's just it's just every and when you we have apps competing against each other, they run a lot of promos, so you can get a lot of free money that you can play around with. So, you know, all that's coming. All that stuff's great for gambling. Um, I think there's only one other game here we got to talk about for week five before we flip the page, right? Is it Chiefs Bills? Oh, two. Let's go to Chiefs Bills. Let's do that. There's two. I forgot. Let's go to Chiefs so Bills excited. because so these damn Chiefs are the reason why I didn't win my damn money. <laughs> I figured it was that game. <laughs> I went eight of nine, and the fucking Chiefs. I, it, Chiefs for a pick 'em. That's what I had. I didn't need them to to win by a lot. I didn't even need them to win by two. It was a pick 'em, and they fucked me. Josh Allen fucked me up. out of about five hundred dollars, and I'm sick. Whew. And and. I'm still a little sad about it, but it, like you said, hedging your bet is important when you get down to the end like that. And I did hedge a little bit enough to get me all my money go. back, but yeah. it was looking way juicier, man. And Josh Allen just slapped me across my face. I, I look. I think I said that they'd have their way with them. You both we called it. it. Yeah. yeah, that that's it. Me and Zell, but I mean, it's tough to look at Chiefs and be like, no, but. Let's take a deeper dive here. I've called this out a couple times. It always checks comes comes due. Can either of you name me a a player that they've drafted drafted in the last three years? The Chiefs. Mm, yep. Last three. Clyde. Last three. Clyde's an A player. I'm not signing yeah, up for that. Yeah, no I, chance. Yeah, I can't. I can't say Clyde's an A player. Oh, um, you mean like an A graded player? I thought you yeah, yeah, name yeah, A yeah. player. Okay. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, probably yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, nah. yeah. You meant like A graded player, yeah. Yeah, like name a name a contributor. You know, like a big contributor, somewhere where you're like, okay, that guy's, you know, that's a that's a good player. Like I, I, I don't think the Chiefs have. I think here's the dirty little secret: since they've drafted Patrick Mahomes, they haven't drafted any talent whatsoever across that team. Not offense, not defense. They've had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey now for like six years. And out of those six years, they've added no other pieces. Now, that's not for them. I'm not saying they're not trying. I'm saying they're trying and they can't hit, which is troubling. And here's why. Because after Patrick Mahomes' ascension, they changed GMs. That GM got in power in Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes was his pick. Good for him. Great pick. But maybe that guy sucks. Maybe. Maybe he had one shot and he evaluates quarterbacks well. But who on that team have they drafted that's like a big contributor? They've drafted a lot of linemen. Patrick Mahomes spends a lot of time uh, running around. 
a lot of time getting hit, a lot of false starts, a lot of holes. Do you think it's fair criticism to say that the Chiefs are not supporting Patrick Mahomes over the last three years? I know they've won a title. But when we look back and say, who did you add? You add Matthew. That's great. That's not through the draft. You add Orlando Brown. You had to trade away draft picks to get him. And and we don't really know how that's turning out. They're not like a well-powered running machine. So what do you guys think here? Are the Chiefs actually like squandering a little bit of this Patrick Mahomes window? I I kind of agree, you know, because I had never really thought about it in a way that they really haven't hit draft-wise until you brought it up. Because like you had just mentioned, a lot of their big acquisitions have either been via trade or free agency. Um, like Joe Thune, they just signed this past offseason. He, he's been solid for them. But again, not through the draft, free agency. Um Clyde, I think they could have had DeAndre Swift instead. I think he went the pick right after or two picks after, and that would have been a much better fit for them. I, I just I know they were comparing Clyde to like Brian Westbrook and how Andy Reid used Brian Westbrook with the Eagles and how that was gonna be the same for Clyde. I just think he's too small. And if you're gonna be that small, you need to have like crazy speed and twitch, and he don't have that. Um a prime example of a team who's got a lot of their big name guys that they built through the draft and have hit on so far is the Cowboys. Yes. Dak, Great Zeke, example. Trevon Diggs. Michael Parsons. C.D. Lamb. Like, all those dudes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I, I think it's a good point you brought up there. They need to do a better job of drafting and not just trying to, you know, do get guys for hire and for free agency and trades. Leo, anything to add there? No, nah, I think you guys covered it all. I just think it's funny. I mean, you can almost directly blame it on the new front office. Their GM yes. goes where to Cleveland, and then Cleveland immediately ascends into a contender. Yeah, and then he gets fired from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that Cleveland isn't drafting talent. So, little background: the guy John Dorsey is the guy who who's John Dorsey. Moving. Yep, that's his name. Now, mm-hmm. the problem with John Dorsey is he's extremely difficult to get along with. The bonus of John Dorsey is he can fucking draft players like a madman. Um, you know, he's the reason that Kareem Hunt went from... Now, here's another thing. The best running back Kansas City's had in the last couple of years is Kareem Hunt, who they let go, who was then signed by who? Cleveland and John Dorsey, who had moved over there as the GM. But that's where they have not replaced that talent that John Dorsey brought in. They haven't replaced it. And now they're looking at, you know, how long does the GM get to do this? I mean, they're... The Kansas City Chiefs right now are two and three with three straight losses. Three. Wow. You know, remember when Tom Brady was on top of his game and you could bet against whoever Tom Brady was playing after a loss you could bet against because they were going to power fuck that team into oblivion. Like, that was a truth with Tom Brady. I thought that'd be a truth here with Kansas City, but when they lost to the Ravens, they turned around and then lost to the Chargers. Then they turned around and lost to... The Bills. This is there are three teams atop the AFC really, and they all just beat Kansas City, all of them. And the Bills did it in a way that said you got work to do. So, are we? I'm not hitting a panic button, <clears throat> but in the last three years, I've never had a moment where I thought they're not making the playoffs. They're still going to make the playoffs here, right? Are I'm, they? Are I, they going to make the playoffs? I'm leaning no. 
Yeah, I'm well, leaning it's, no it's starting right to get now. a little late given the state of their division. I mean, I'm guessing the Raiders are about to fall back to earth a little bit given what they're going <laughs> through. But, I mean, the Chargers don't look like they're missing a beat. So, unless the Chargers have an injury, unless Teddy goes down, I don't know. It's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs all of a sudden. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that uh, we talk about with that new offensive line while while we're, we're, we're thrilled with it, they, they are still averaging – um, a, a good amount of penalties. They're in the top 12 in the NFL in penalties. And I think it's just a tough thing to win with when you don't have, uh, in total flags, I should say, um, when you don't have the, you don't have the talent to make up for it. Mahomes is kind of left out there to dry. Um, so I, it's interesting to see here. Uh, I'm leaning no, they don't make it, but but we'll find out. Uh, all right, last game of the week. Um at about halftime of this game, I was quite literally beside myself, which makes two of me. And we were both very, very upset. Now, about an hour after that, I was so hyped up I couldn't get to sleep till like 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Leo, the you on Twitter. Raven season. Oh, there. my God. Here we go. Leo, you, you. You got a little happy early. You got a little happy early. You got a little happy early. <laughs> that didn't end that way, though. Uh, Do you all stay up to watch that whole thing? I know a lot of people turned it off. I, I stayed up for it. I stayed up, too. I had to. Once I started talking shit and started seeing the momentum swing, I said, I got to see it through. I got to watch it all the way to the end <laughs> now. Lamar Jackson throws over 400 yards on 40 passing attempts. It's the he he now out of every single player in the NFL that's thrown over 40 passing attempts and I think 400 yards he has the highest completion percentage out of any of them. He completed 86 percent of his passes yesterday. Whew. The man the man was flawless. Uh, I, I I don't know what anyone can say about Lamar after that performance. The only thing I need is I'm going to start the let Lamar cook. Because I got to see that guy throw in more often and running secondary. I don't think this Ravens team, you have Bateman, you've got Brown, and Brown had a great game, and Andrews had a great game. I don't think, I think you can start to look at this team and go, if we need to run the ball, we can. But we need to look at running the ball as like a 3B option. Passing the ball is what we're doing, number one. Lamar's going to run, number two, and then someone else can touch the ball. This kid is unbelievably special. Um, and and he's going to keep he's going to keep the Ravens relevant as long as he's a starting quarterback. And, and, and that guy is just freaking ridiculous, just ridiculous. Thoughts from that game? That man Lamar is earning every dollar oh, yeah. so far for that contract extension and these you know the performances he's put on this season. Um, I know you usually say you know you're not used to having like you know big name wide receivers, a lot of wide receivers, but Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, man, they. We're looking real good last night. And Sammy Watkins, he had a nice play. I think he got hurt after that, too. Um, and I, I like the way Duvernay looks, too. Um, I think he's a nice little compliment to them. But yep. this, to me, has just mainly been the Lamar show. Like, this guy is doing whatever he can, regardless of all the injuries, regardless of what y'all are lacking, to put his team and will y'all to victory. Um, he's been amazing. Like, he literally has been amazing. The only thing I would say that he just needs to, you know, work on is, and I'm sure you know this, Matt, is, you know, those turnovers, especially down at the red yeah. zone. Um, that would be it. But other than that, man, he is putting on some Herculean performances, and he's 
he's amazing, man. It's he's fun to have on your fantasy team. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Got him in two leagues. So, oh man, but he's Insane. he's been a beast. When I was watching that game last night, I had to rub my eyes a little bit and make sure that I wasn't watching Mahomes, Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill out there because that's what he was looking like with Hollywood <laughs> and, and Andrews. He was turning them into the new Kansas City. That shit was looking amazing. I can't lie. You know, I know that I was talking shit about the Ravens, and I'm always going to talk shit about the Ravens when there's an opportunity to do so. But I was actually happy that you guys came back and won because the Colts, that's a that's a division foe. You know, you guys kind of did us a favor knocking them down another loss. Yeah. So I appreciate the Ravens. I was ready to get these jokes <laughs> off, but I definitely yeah. appreciate <laughs> them getting the W. And Lamar, you know, this has been a no no slander Lamar uh, podcast for, you know, multiple years now. So I got nothing negative to say ever about him. Again, his best receiver is my height. It's not like he's throwing a, <laughs> he's not throwing a Devontae Adams or or Nuke or, or one of these huge receivers. His best receiver is my height. So you got to give yeah. him credit. Uh, feel a little bad for Indianapolis here. Just wait. you look at Indian, you go one and four, and you go, ah, they're just not a very good team. Here's who they played. Week one, they played Seattle. Then they played the Rams. Then they played the Titans. Then they got a win versus Miami, and then they played in Baltimore. Just the schedule makers fucked them over so hard with the start of that season. Uh, I mean, here's who they have coming up. They have Houston, San Francisco, Tennessee, the Jets, Jacksonville. There's opportunity in there for them to round this ship and end up the season somewhere 9-8. and eight. But it is a brutal, brutal thing for them. They're 1-4. They have lost one-score games to the Rams, one-score games to the Ravens. Just tough for them. But fuck them, you know? Fuck I hope them. they That's end 1-16. Fuck them. One in 16. Fuck them. Three teams <laughs> in your division. One in 16. Um, I would take which it. Which would be remarkable for the nine and eight Titans when they make the playoffs. Uh, you guys will win the division. That division is fucking locked up. Um, all right. Let's do a quick transition here. We're going to do – normally we have a full of four and out section, but we've actually got four topics we're going to cover a little more broadly. Uh, the first one is the MVP race. I sat down and really tried to think of who are the five – not not really particular order, right? So we'll not haggle on the order here, but who I think are the top five most deserving. And, and Leo, Zell, tell me where I got it wrong here. All right. Dak, Lamar, Kyler, Tom Brady, Josh Allen. So the guy that gets left out here is Justin Herbert. But I couldn't figure out who I take out of this list for him. I I'd couldn't take figure out it Dak. out. I would take out Dak and put in Justin Herbert. Dak. So I thought that, but Dak beat Herbert. Mm. All right, maybe I can't argue against your list. Maybe not, but I would put – I'd have to put Herbert in there. He's got him on top of the division, and nobody predicted – well, nobody seriously Uh, predicted that. Oh, I did not not put it on paper. You're right. I didn't, but I I fucking felt like that team could be good. And I I just – for full clarity, I I have a Justin Herbert MVP bet. That was the MVP I gave out, him and Matt Stafford. But Josh Allen, they are dismantling people. You could may- Maybe you want to throw Josh Allen out for Herbert. I think that's the only one on here that could be like really talked about. Brady's numbers are insane this year, um, and they beat Dak. Um, Kyler Murray, they're 5-0. and He has to go on there. If it's not for Lamar Jackson, the Ravens are probably winless. So... 
you know, Herbert, I tried getting in here and it came down to do I take Allen out? Is that the right move? Take Allen out? What do you guys think? So someone's got to go. Which one of those five's going? I, Before this week? I, yeah, you go ahead, though. Yeah, I was just going to say I couldn't take Allen out, man. Um, <laughs> I, I can't take him out, bro. Like, <laughs> um, he's been so dominant and that offense has been humming, man. And they, like you said, they've been pummeling teams. Like, I, I, we just saw the Patriots barely beat the Texans. Josh Allen just beat them 40 to zero yeah. you know like i i can't take him out and i know brady's numbers have been you know amazing no disrespect anything like that um and i know dak beat herbert but if I, it would be one of them for me to take out then it could okay. be a toss-up um if you wanted to put herbert as you know 5a that's fine but to me he's got to be in there he's he's got to be in there what he's done has been ridiculous it's been insane I'm still going to take out Dak and put Herbert in only because okay. I, I know that Dak wins the head-to-head matchup, but even in that head-to-head, Herbert goes for 338 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Dak goes for 230 and a pick, no touchdowns. I think Herbert outplayed him in that game. And if I had to take someone off your list, it would be Dak, and I would put Herbert on mine. So here, just if you want to get into some yardage, and here, I'll, I'll tell you this. Tell me the craziest part about this. We're not even mentioning Mahomes. He doesn't even get an honorable mention. We're five yeah, weeks nah. in, and Patrick Mahomes is damn near eliminated from the MVP conversation. Stunned. Nah, have to win like 10 straight for him to get back right. into that conversation. He yeah. might not even from there. Like, that, it's insane. It's insane. We're week five, and we're talking about Patrick Mahomes as eliminated from the MVP talk. That's just crazy. But some of the stats here, Tom Brady leads the NFL in passing yards. Uh, touchdowns, you know, these are just, right, not, not super crazy stats. But uh, Tom Brady leads the NFL in passing yards, followed by um, – by Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert, and then surprisingly, actually, oh, that's the yards per game. Whoops. Uh, it's Brady Carr, Stafford, uh, Justin Herbert. So he's up there. Touchdowns at the top is Patrick Mahomes. After that, Tom Brady with 15, Justin Herbert with 13, Dak Prescott with 13. But I think what separates and makes me put Tom Brady actually in the top, and why you're probably right, it has to be Zach, Dak, that gets bumped. Tom Brady has two interceptions. Two. Herbert has three. Dak has more. Almost everyone has more that's on that list. It's crazy to me. So we're talking about a list where either Dak Prescott or Dak Prescott's out in the cold somehow. And at the same time, Patrick Mahomes isn't even talked about. <laughs> the NFL's so fucking crazy. The NFL's well, the just NFL, a fucking it is insane. <laughs> um, all right. Kind of coupling with that is the top five teams in the NFL. So I think this is going to be a little more divisive. I went through and I tried to do this strictly on who they've played, how you've looked. And really, it's not so much a power ranking. I'm kind of going if this team holds, that's it. Like the, the, Taking away everything we thought preseason, we're looking at just how teams have played this year. Uh, power rankings tend to have a lot of, well, I ranked them high. They're just not going to drop that many spots. Whereas this, I want to take a look at and go, okay, the league started, you know, on that on that Thursday and that's all we know about football here are the five teams that I have in the top right now um and I'm kind of like a NFC heavy so no particular order here um Chargers Rams Bills Tampa Bay and Cardinals wait did I say Cardinals 
You hadn't Bills. mentioned them yet. Okay, yeah, you hadn't said them. Yeah, there it is. So, Tampa Bay, Cardinals, Bills, Rams. Um, shit, why do I keep leaving a team out? I have it written down here. Who am I forgetting? Ravens, Bills, Cardinals, Cowboys, Tampa Bay. Not card, not Cowboys. Uh, Chargers. Chargers. Chargers, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yep. So Ravens, Bills, Cardinals, Chargers, Tampa Bay. And I know, I know, I know. I just made this argument where Dak beat them and Dallas Cowboys beat the Chargers. But after I see what I see out of the Chargers and I see what I see out of Dallas, these are the top five. Where is that wrong? Did Ravens, you say Baltimore Bills. was in your top five? Yeah, he did. Top five. Yeah. Okay. No, that's where you're wrong. <laughs> um, so if yeah. I was going to make a top Straight five, to I'd probably go Chargers, Bills, uh, Cardinals, Bucks, and either Rams or Cowboys. If you force me okay. to pick one, I'll probably pick the Rams. I think that's fair. That can make yeah. sense. Yeah, you I guys mean, I give both the credit, pretty much I give credit to the Ravens for being 4-1, and one, but you guys are squeaking out some wins against Trash, so I, I'm not going to put you in the top five for doing that. No, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. that's like you turn right. in your homework to the teacher and get a pat on the back. Like, no, you were supposed to do that. Like, we're not going to give you a pat <laughs> on the back. It's just a good job. You beat the Lions. You were supposed to beat them by about three touchdowns. But, you know, a little pat for doing it. I'm not going to hey, knock no. you for it, but you're also not getting a pat on the back for it either. That's fine. That's fine. I'll take it. Um, okay, so we'd be happy with the Rams, Rams, Chargers, Bills, Cardinals, Bucks. I think that's a fair list. A lot of NFC teams there. Just and and not and not really, not really honest, any AFC really. The NFC contenders look way more like Super Bowl contenders than the AFC contenders look to me. Except the Bills, I think the Bills look like the best team in football right now. Ah, uh, just in time for them to roll into Tennessee on Monday, huh? That's good. We're gonna get to that game. That's <laughs> yes, a hot sir. game. That's gonna be a hot fucking Prime game. Time. All right, bottom five teams here: Detroit, New York Giants. Jacksonville, Houston, and the New York Jets. God, Any New issue York with that football. list? Good lord, bro! I I would I a was tempted. Shit. I know I was I I really couldn't figure out. The Jets have the best win on this list. They have like an actual win with like good competition. I couldn't figure out who I might want to slide in below. The Jets and Miami, whenever they play, we're going to figure that out if Miami's one of the bottom five. Um, Jacksonville and Houston, easy. Jacksonville had a tweet last year at the start of the year uh, how they weren't satisfied with one win. They have not won since, so (laughs) some might describe that as how you would after eating Thanksgiving. You weren't satisfied. You were stuffed. So one win was way too much. No mas. After that one win, Jacksonville, um, I, I, I actually kind of started giggling. Like, I'm like, okay, how far down the list is actually Kansas City right now? Just to wallow in their misery. Minnesota's got some wins. Chicago's now three and two. Atlanta has that test two wins, so they're not dead. And I'm not putting San Francisco or Seattle in there. Any issue with that bottom five? No, not at all. Um, I think you hit it right on. Definitely both the New York teams are in there. Um, and... Jacksonville and Detroit, they have zero wins. Jacksonville, as you just went, they lost 20 straight games. Like yeah, 20. 20 straight games. I think that would be hard even if you really tried to do it. But they've done it. Yeah. So They've done it. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the other team would be the Texans. So, no, I, I agree with that. I think Miami has an argument to be in the bottom yeah. five. But since they're rolling with a backup quarterback, I guess I'll let them slide out of the bottom five for now. Yeah. 
Speaking of that backup quarterback, a couple weeks ago we talked about how many quarterbacks had been dropped out of the league through injuries and if the refs were doing enough to protect quarterbacks. It was more tongue-in-cheek, um, but it but it's it's becoming more and more of an issue. Russell Wilson's now out for multiple weeks, and they're going with Geno Stone. San Francisco says that Trey Lance is injured, and he may be out for a while. Um, the New York Giants lose Daniel Jones to a brutal concussion that had him lost on the field. Joe Burrow visits a hospital after the game for a throat contusion because he just got walloped. Um, really... While this all continues to be a quarterback-driven league, that would now bring the count up to like 10 quarterbacks in the NFL that were starting day one and are out due to injury, not because they got benched or are maimed and had to go to the hospital. So, to, and, and, you know, Baker's still on that list with a torn, his, his other shoulder is torn. So just something to kind of keep in mind as we, we go through the season. We are five games in, and there's been like 11 significant quarterback injuries. So we're not done with them. Uh, I wish we were. I, I love the teams we have in the NFL. I don't want to see quarterbacks miss any time. I think we've got great talent across the board. Uh, but that number is mounting. And uh, you can see why the NFL wants to put so much emphasis on protecting these quarterbacks. Uh, when you lose 11 of them and we're, I mean, 11 of them or they're in some debilitated capacity and we're only through week fucking five. So just something to keep in mind. Um, let's do a little little bit of uh, Raider talk, huh? Um, John Gruden had some emails come out. Now, I, I'm going to lay down as much information as I know. And Leo and Zell, you can tell me if you you guys have found more online. But from what I found so far is the NFL has like 650,000 emails between uh, league executives. Now, uh, I have also gleaned that these are not at least people on the email chains. Uh, they're not private emails. They're either company emails. Um, could have been private emails, but they're on someone's server. So, I, so it sounds like someone was using a company email on an email chain. And what those 650,000 emails revealed is just the tip of the iceberg. And that is that John Gruden is a horrible, uh, I don't know what the right word is. It's not just racist. I would say a horrible person. I think that might be, I Sounds think that's pretty, fair. I think, yeah, right. Okay. Okay. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, I think he's earned it. And uh, they he has now been let go. That happens in Monday Night Football. The NFL sneaks that across. So let's let's take a stop there, and we'll go Zell and then Leo. What are your reactions to this? Remember, we had already swept under the rug, basically, a racial epitaph that uh, John Gruden used. And what happens is the NFL essentially loads the cannon up again and said, I really thought this would be enough to get this guy out of here. He's not. Now I have to leak more emails. Zell, your thoughts. Yeah. The crazy part is I think like when he came out and just apologized for just like the racist uh, remarks, when those came out, like that was really just going to be like handled in house, swept under the rug. And then I think it was like the New York times got like the rest of the emails with the, racial slurs, the misogynistic stuff, and um, those exchanges between him and Bruce Allen, the ex, um, I think he was the, the GM or the owner of the football team, uh, Washington football team. I think they were like exchanging like topless photos of the cheerleaders too. Like, uh, it, it's just, 
my thing is like, what do you expect to happen if you're exchanging emails, work emails like that? Like, if you have those conversations and say stuff like that, obviously it's still wrong amongst your peers, your friends or whatever, but you're literally sending this as an employee of the biggest sports broadcasting network in the world, ESPN, and you're exchanging these with a high, you know, the owner of a national, you know, football team. So I, I just don't understand, like, when he was sending those messages, like, did you not think they would ever come out? Or did you always think they'd be swept under the rug? Like, what are you thinking? So it, it's just, it, I'm not surprised at the outcome. It had to happen this way. He had to get, you know, put out. And I don't see him being back in the NFL in any capacity again. And you're talking about the owner of the league, too, Goodell. <laughs> yes. You know, you're bad-mouthing him, too. And now you're employed by him. So it's kind of like, you know, it's it's this is expected to happen. So I think um, it's been talked about enough the last, like, you know, 24, 48 hours. And he, you know, what, what else do you expect for this to happen? You know, to be honest, you know what the funniest part about this is to me, other than the fact that you got an army of people online trying to defend John Gruden, like, look, bro, you, you can't talk about the boss the way John Gruden was talking about the boss and expect to keep your job. If I run a pizza shop on the corner, which is nowhere near the NFL level. If I run a pizza shop on the corner and my pizza boy is talking as crazy as John Gruden was talking about me, that dude's out of here. So if I run, if I run the NFL, <laughs> I'm really getting this dude out of here. You know what I mean? So I, I don't think that that is really up for debate whether he should have kept his job or not. You don't get to talk crazy about the boss and keep your job. I don't think that works in any industry. Not the part that I thought was crazy, though. The part that I think is a little crazy and a little funny to me is that you got John. We found emails of John Gruden calling a, a black dude a big lip monkey or whatever the fuck he was talking about. We, we know where he was going with that. They were really about to let that one go. They, they were, they were going to say, oh, all, yeah. right, all right, John, <laughs> John we're going to throw <laughs> you in some fly, di- diversity and inclusion training. We're going we're gonna to send you to some, some inner cities to do some community work, and we'll get you back out there in three weeks, John. You know, it's going to be some shit like that. It wasn't until he said some other things and offended some other people that we had to get John Gruden up out of here. That was just the part that I thought was funny because he was going to get away with calling my dude big. He was going to get away with it. He was 100% going to get away with that. Sure was. I think that's why more of it came out. I I honestly think so behind the scenes, just like in management, what happens is behind the scenes, they'll kind of be like, you have to you have to let this person go. And you'll be like, oh, okay, what's the reason? Now, if it's something like this in the NFL, they're a lot more inclined to just push you out the door. But if the owner, if the owner, and remember the owners own the league, if Mark Davis turns around and goes, John Gruden's like a son to me, I'm not firing him. Okay, that tells you that Mark Davis is perfectly fine. Because, look, that's where this comes down to. If those emails came out, and Mark Davis said, "Unfucking acceptable You're gone. He would have been gone off that. Everyone would have been like 100% agree. We're all in alignment. He didn't. So we know Mark Davis is okay with racism. At a bare minimum, we know one of the owners is bare minimum okay with it. I wonder if the NFL sent out a memo to him and said, you got to walk him out the door. And Mark Davis said no. And the NFL said, don't make us do this. <laughs> we will leak more of this. There are 650,000 emails. On about 15 of them, John Gruden was openly racist and sexist and homophobic. Openly. On 15 of those 650,000, 
I think the whole struggle behind the scenes here and actually what could have led to the Raiders getting blown out by the, the Bears this week is John Gruden being a part of all those emails can release much worse. Much worse. He has $40 million left on his contract. I bet he asked for every penny of it to just shut up and go away the rest of his life. And the NFL leaked more of that to push him out and make him come to the table with an agreement. Because it was never going to happen after they did that. And they tried to do that step one. But there were 650,000 emails in that audit. And only 15 of them had just John Gruden. By the way, this is all attached to the Washington football team investigation of sexual harassment, which was under the ownership of Bruce, uh, under the ownership still is of Dan Snyder. The person mentioned in that report talking with John Gruden, his name is Bruce Allen. Bruce Allen was essentially the VP of football operations for the Washington football team up until last year when news leaked locally that this investigation was going on. To even go further in how disgusting this all is and how deep this could actually go or should go, and we should get the full Monty here and get to see all of it. The Washington football team, this is what sparks all this email chain. Bruce Allen would do topless photo shoots, make the cheerleaders do topless photo shoots, and he would invite in executives. And One of the executives he brought in is the co-owner of Hooters, and other members of the NFL and other executives that are business partners, he would he personally sent them pictures from the photo shoot that were not supposed to be distributed. And he would invite the executives to be on scene with the photo shoot going on while you know these girls are being told they have to do this, these women. So this is actually a much deeper and disgusting thing that the NFL has on its hands. And I don't know if they're going to try to just scapegoat John Gruden and get out of this, Bruce Allen's already out of the NFL and I don't think he'll ever be allowed back in, but 650,000 emails and 15 of them, only 15 out of these 650,000 have John Gruden comfortable enough saying literally whatever the fuck he wants. And Bruce Allen sending pictures of these women to a large email distro. This is actually extremely sickening and disgusting. And the depths that it goes to, we are at the tip of the iceberg. Remember five days ago or seven days ago, it was just John Gruden said one thing. We got a week later and it was heinous. I I mean, do, do either of you think this is the end of it? Should it be the end of it? What are your thoughts around that? It depends it, how much money's involved. In all honesty, yeah. I think that the the owners and the you know the people in power that are willing to pay that dollar to make sure that that doesn't get out, they will do so and they'll get away with it because that's how these things work. But <laughs> you, I'm not an idiot. I don't have stupid tattooed across my forehead. I know that John yeah. Gruden was the only one saying some wild shit in these emails. You know, I I would expect that maybe half the league is probably implicated in some stuff like that. But we won't know about that because, you know, they'll pay a couple dollars to get it swept under the rug. And we probably won't hear about everything that they found. And to piggyback off of that, like Leo just said it perfectly there. I just got an update that says the NFL does not intend to publicly release any written materials related to the investigation into the Washington football team. Yep. So an 11 month investigation involving hundreds of witnesses and, as Matt said, 650,000 emails 
led us to John Gruden's awful emails. Nothing on Washington football team, nothing on anybody else. Get the fuck out of here. Crazy. Right. Yep. All right. Really insane stuff. We won't linger on this much longer. Just uh, there are people in power everywhere who do not deserve the position. And I want to use this as kind of a segue to say, don't ever hold yourself back in life. There are tons of people out there that'll hold you back for no reason. Um, if you're listening to this, don't think that you can't accomplish things. There are people that are incapable of leading in leadership roles. There are people incapable of doing math and accounting roles. There are there are people that are underqualified everywhere taking a role that you might want, you really could have. Go for it because... At the bottom line, this shows how disgusting everyone is and really in these leadership power that's let going on. Um, but don't let them tell you that they're overqualified than you. And it's a it's a weird little segue, but I like to get this message out every time I can. I see too many people in life hold themselves back. None of these people in any of these emails deserve to be in those positions of power. You got it. We got like the only way out of this is people slowly take all those jobs for people that actually want them. John Gruden's been a coach for 20 plus years and he's been a horrible, horrible person the whole time. Underqualified the entire way through. Bruce Allen is a politician who got into football. These people aren't qualified and don't let anyone tell you that they are. Just don't don't take that as an example. That's how it's first got stopped. All right. Week six. Week six. Week six has kind of a dud, right? This is our first set of games where we're going to have a bye week. And the bye week is always, uh, <laughs> I always hate that the bye week, some week there's like six teams, some weeks there's four teams. Um, and so you can just have these schedules and these slates of games that get absolutely bashed up. The NFL has done a terrible, terrible, terrible job of spreading games out correctly. Um, they they mash up 50 games at 1 o'clock and then leave us nothing for 4 o'clock. Uh, they put all marquee games at one time, things like that. Here's the good news. There ain't any good fucking games this weekend. There are three good games and the rest is all junk. Uh, Zell, your team is on a bye week. Leo, me and your teams are going to hold up two of the three of these actually decent games. Uh, but the first decent game happens at 1 o'clock and that is going to be the Los Angeles Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this is that dreaded 10 a.m. start for a you know a West Coast team. The Ravens are <laughs> the Ravens. Are, if the game doesn't immediately end after the Ravens score, uh, then I don't know if they can win the game. <laughs> so uh, Los Angeles Chargers versus Baltimore. Leo, who you got in this game? Baltimore is giving up three points. I am going to go with the Chargers in this game. Uh, the Ravens, they've done a good job clawing and fighting their back, fighting their way back into a couple of these wins. Uh, but I just think that the Chargers might be able to be, they might be able to put up more points than the Ravens are able to keep up with. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like the Chargers. And I honestly think that this matchup is like an MVP watch matchup. If either of these two quarterbacks, Herbert or Jackson, if they do something amazing to propel their team to victory, it's one of those narrative things where all of a sudden we're talking about, oh, Justin Herbert, is he a top three guy in the league? Is he up there for MVP with Josh Allen and Tom Brady? I think whichever quarterback comes out of this game with a W, we're going to see a lot of MVP chatter going into next week. Yeah, um, I, I to back that up, I think that's pretty much what's going to happen in this game. Um, I think Lamar and Herbert are definitely going to duel it out. And whoever wins it, 
is going to be that, oh, what Lamar has done so far this season, he needs to be the top MVP candidate, this and that, yada, yada. Same for Herbert. Um, but I'm going to go with the Chargers in this one, too, and really just simply because of the fact that I just think they can be more consistent, you know, um, as far as on offense and defense. Um, they really didn't impress me with what they did versus, you know, Baker and them, but I just think in the end they'll probably pull this one out. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Ravens win. I hope Lamar goes off for fantasy purposes, like watching Lamar, but um, I, I would pick the Chargers with this one, especially because Baltimore is the favorite, so. Well, I am going to ride or die, and the Ravens are going to take over the second place in the AFC after they beat the Chargers. And there's nothing I'm going to hear about it. All right, I've seen. If we could be down twenty, doesn't matter. I have Lamar Jackson now, and now I feel invincible. I mean, am I going to be crying at one o'clock when the Chargers are up ten nothing and the Ravens have turned the ball over once and we look like shit? Yep. And at halftime, when we're down fourteen to fourteen to seven or fourteen ten, I'm going to be crying for Greg Roman's head. But as long as we have Lamar Jackson, I feel like I got a shot in this game, so I'm going to take it. Uh, four o'clock game has one good game, uh, and, and really after this four o'clock game, you can the, the there is a early morning. <laughs> what we're doing to London is is, is pretty disgusting. Um, London stinker. Miami and Jacksonville. Oof. <laughs> That is a, I mean, the Jets and at least the Jets and Atlanta, you were like, okay, Zach Wilson's a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, the, the Jets coming off a win. This could be a little bit exciting. Uh, Atlanta, Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts. There's some good juice here. Miami has nothing offensively. I even want to entertain Jacksonville's a dumpster fire. Trevor Lawrence is fine, but the rest of that team is a huge pile, including the coach. Um, kind of a disservice, but you can wake up early, watch that game and go to bed because the late night game is going to stink. Your best games are one o'clock and then the four o'clock game between the Arizona Cardinals going to Cleveland. This is the five and zero Arizona Cardinals. Cleveland has run through a gauntlet recently of good teams. This is that added game. Remember the 17th game? They added a team that you're going to play while the Ravens play the Rams. The Cleveland Browns are going to end up playing the Cardinals. Cleveland minus two and a half. Kyler Murray undefeated, taking his MVP cases into Cleveland. Zell, who's winning this game? I'm going with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Um, they didn't look that great versus the 49ers this past week, but ironically, that actually impressed me that they were able to win a game like that because in the past, that's a uh, Cliff Kingsbury special to take that L. And he was just felt like they were trying to hand the 49ers the game. And they pulled out a low-scoring game, so which actually impressed me. They've We've seen them win that way. We've seen them, you know, run it up against the Rams. So I think the Cardinals stand defeated and they'll be 6-0. I also think the same as the Rams, and actually I'm going to take a, a couple steps back and go back to the Thursday, oh, I'm sorry, the Sunday morning stinker uh, to, with Jacksonville and Miami. I don't know if you guys know this, but being a fan of the AFC South, I'm aware of this. Did you guys know that the most popular team in London is actually the Jacksonville Jaguars? 
Yeah. Is it really? Mates, yes. They go over there a lot. They go over they there do. every yeah, single right. year, and they've made an effort to kind of try and build a fan base over there in Jacksonville. And so I saw a study in the mm-hmm. offseason that said, yes, the most popular team in the U.K. is the Jacksonville Jaguars. If anyone from the U.K. is listening and I'm lying out my ass and you guys don't actually like them, please call me out. But the tweet and the stats that I saw said that they are the most popular NFL franchise in the U.K. So I'm guessing that's why they keep going back. Uh, I think that makes sense. Let's say you like the NFL and the Jaguars came over there like three, four times a year. You'd probably just pick up being a Jaguar fan. You're like, okay, this is the only team I can see. Now, there, there. if you watch, did any of you uh, like look? Well, I know, Zell, you're watching it. But in the stands, there's like every jersey known to man every in that team. stands. Yeah. yeah. Jersey for every team, for sure. They're just Germany pulling up right repping now. whoever they like. Yeah, this the right. team from the U.S. So, you know, Jaguars make sense that people are like, oh, you get into the sport and you're like, oh, I've seen the Jaguars twice. Like, let's say you're a kid, right? You're eight years old. The Jaguars come over for the first time. You're 12 now. You've watched them four years in a row. You're like, oh, I'm a Jaguar fan. Jaguars are going to play half their games eventually in London. They're going to. So the Jaguars are going to be able to do something actually pretty fucking weird. We already send teams over to London to play that aren't the Jaguars. Can you, like, imagine a world where someone gives up one of their home team games to play Jacksonville there while Jacksonville's already playing four games there? So you kind of go, hey, Jacksonville's playing two home games there and then two neutral site games there. And then they're playing their four home games in Jacksonville or whatever, right? So it would be, no, hold on, wait. It would be four and then maybe four and two. So they play six games in London and then the four games in Jacksonville. I could see them working out something where they kind of do this whole Jacksonville second homes over there. And right now these are neutral site games with that 17th. You can just have everyone's neutral site game be against Jacksonville. So Jacksonville will really only travel between the UK and then Jacksonville, which would take care of a lot of the travel issues that, that like people deal with. Well, Jacksonville's not traveling back and forth a bunch. They're over there for a while and teams come play them. Would that be an advantage to Jacksonville? Probably. But I think you're pretty safe putting a team like Jacksonville over there and not worrying about someone taking advantage of it because they're fucking Jacksonville and they've been bad for 40 years or 25 years. But there's something that could happen uh, as Germany is now requesting the NFL to host a game every year. Oh, Germany are they? has three cities, three cities that have all put up bids to host NFL games. Not one, three cities in Germany want NFL. They want it. They're going to get it. The NFL is going to make that fucking happen. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see this whole thing shift here soon where they have two they have games in Germany, games in London, uh, and you get the add the extra bye week so that they can work out the travel arrangements for teams. And they just start pumping out product around the, the entire. And if you have London and Germany, you need two more Europe teams and you can make a division. Oh, Pretty man. interesting. NFL Europe. I'll take as much football as I can get. So if that's the plan, I'm with it. I'm with it too. No complaints, for sure. Uh, And you know who will not complain? The players will complain about traveling back and forth. But that money, if you're talking about you not only have U.S. market, but you've got England teams, that is going to drive up viewership through the fucking roof. I, I mean, you can get Europe kind of attached to it. If they can get a foothold in Europe, holy shit. I think that would be buku bucks. We saw what, and we still see what the NBA does with China. They go over to China and play games. They 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 used to do a lot more under Stern, um, but 
They're starting up in Africa market. now, actually. And and they need to be. People are going to be moving. Flights are quicker now. Travel's easier to deal with. This is all in alignment. So I think it's I think it's really interesting, and I think that uh, I think that we're going to see more expansion there. Um, so that's the nine o'clock game. Flipping back to the four o'clock game. Cardinals, Cleveland. Uh, I think that the Cleveland the Cleveland Browns will actually win this. Zell, you think Cardinals? continue to roll leo did, did you did you did you pick a side uh just for picking sake I, I was leaning arizona but now that i'm thinking about it cleveland just lost a heartbreaker they're back at home i'm gonna say that they catch arizona slipping and cleveland actually does pull this one out what i come back to is going is arizona a six and oh team you know maybe but that just doesn't sound right <laughs> it just doesn't feel right to me zell's riding them though yeah, I'm gonna rock with him. We'll see. All right. Um, last game on the list, Leo. It's your team. Monday night football. The Thursday night football game is Geno Smith versus Old Big Ben. Just no interest in that. Um, by Leo, Tennessee, Buffalo. Break it down. What's going to happen here? To be honest. Based on the past, I want to be confident and say that the Titans are going to have a shot in this game. They're going to keep it close, and they're going to get a win in the end. Actually, if we're talking about history, last season these teams played almost actually a year ago today. It was actually October 13th, 2020 that they played. The Titans won 42-16, to so they absolutely punched this Bills team in the mouth. I don't think this Bills team is too different than the one the Titans saw last year. Uh, they look a little sharper, but the, the roster is about the same. I just can't feel that confident, though, because Josh Allen is coming in red hot. He's putting up yards on top of yards on top of yards, and the Titans are giving up yards on top of yards on top of yards. So I don't feel great about it. I definitely think the Titans need to be at full strength. It needs to be A.J., it needs to be Julio, it needs to be Derrick Henry, and they need to find a way to protect Tannehill because this past week, once again, he was getting his ass whooped like he stole something. I'm going to say uh, they've played the last two years. Two years ago, I, I think the Titans lost a close one, uh, and they fumbled it away at the end. So the Titans have kind of had the Bills number of late, and I'm still going to go with the Bills. Uh, I don't think that the Titans have enough on defense to be able to stop Josh Allen multiple times, and they're going to need a few stops if they're going to win this game. I just don't – I haven't seen anything to suggest that the d defense can reach that level. So – uh, I say it's a close game. I don't think the Titans get blown out on Monday Night Football, but I think ultimately Josh Allen's a little too much for them. Yeah, I I don't see – I don't even count that week one Pittsburgh matchup. I still don't understand how they lost that one, but they've been destroying everybody since, and I don't see how – you know, the Titans' strength to me is their offense, and like you had just mentioned, everybody's got to be healthy. I don't know what's up with Julio, but I know A.J. Brown has his knee stuff – I just think the Bills' offense is just too much. They're too loaded. The fact that they got to keep, which I think isn't talked about that much, um, Brian Dable, their OC, when he should have probably got a head coaching job this offseason and keep that um, continuity with him and Diggs and everybody on the offense. And Dawson Knox now is looking like a tight end one. So their offense is humming, man. I, I just can't see the Titans stopping them. and or trying to keep up and outpace them. So. Right. Dable's definitely out of there after this year, and I'm going to be curious to see Got what me. that offense looks like after he leaves. But you're right. Mm -hmm. As long as they have him there, that offense is going to be humming. Crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't I, – I just – we talked about a little bit of this earlier, Zell and me, Leo, uh, while you were restarting. But 
when you look at the the Ravens defense, it's not like a great unit right now. They really can't tackle, but they have big playmakers. Like they have Calais Campbell, their their rookie Owe, another strip sack. You have people like Marlon Humphrey who have led the NFL. I like that dude Chuck Clark. I think that's his name. Chuck, I like him too. He's yeah, nice. Chuck Clark plays everywhere. He's like a jack of all trades. Um, he fills in gaps nicely. Uh, when you look at the Tennessee Titans. You know, and with the Ravens rely on those players to get stops. Last night, Oway got a strip strip fumble, and Calais Campbell blocks the field goal. Right, that is what your All Pro superstars are there for. If you take those players away from the Ravens, that's kind of what you're looking at with Tennessee. I don't know how big plays are going to get done on the defensive side, and they really can't get stops fundamentally. I, I, you know. I think the Bills are going to score 35-plus again. I don't know how Tennessee is going to be able to stop them. I'm hoping that, and Leo, maybe you have more information. Are we going to get Julio and A.J. Brown both playing? A.J. played this week, and he played the whole game and said he didn't have any setbacks afterwards. So I 100% am expecting A.J. Brown. Julio, though, dealing with a hamstring last season. His season got cut short by a hamstring. I am going to guess that the Titans are going to err on the side of caution, given that Kansas City is the next week. So, (laughs) right, it's it's a rough stretch here for the Titans. So if I had to guess, I'm going to say we aren't going to see Julio this week. We may see him against Kansas City, but it's going to take everyone healthy for the Titans to pull this one out. All right, if the Titans win this game, how many times does Josh Allen have to turn the ball over? Twice. Twice? Yeah, I'd say twice. We need two turnovers. The Titans just need to put pressure on them. They've had trouble when when the Titans face stationary quarterbacks, you know, guys that aren't really going to move around too much or rely on their legs. They're good because they can get into the backfield. The problem is they don't have those speedy playmakers to then chase the quarterback when he rolls out of the pocket. I feel like at least 10 times a game you're going to see a quarterback roll out the pocket and make a big play because we don't have the speed to go get him. Josh Allen loves that shit. So I, I think yeah. that we're kind yeah, of sure that's, that's, that's Josh yeah. Allen to a T for sure. What's up? Yeah. I got a question for you, Leo, though, because I know me and Matt and Ruthie talked about this before you came back. What's up with uh, Dupree, Bud Dupree? Is he still recovering from the knee surgery or has he been playing and not really making an impact or what? No, he started the season and he got a couple pressures. You know, we, we definitely felt his impact. But I think what he said is that he may have tried to rush back. I think he said he was feeling some soreness in his knee and he was trying to mm. do too much on it. And so they shut him down last week. I don't know if he's going to be back this week, but I know that he's been gone, I believe, two weeks already. And so okay. I, I think the Titans are playing all the injuries cautiously. You know, they're saying it's a long yeah. season. It That's looks like we're in control yeah. of the division, so that shouldn't be too big of an issue. Like, let's just make sure that we're right late in the season. And, yeah, I I wish that that wasn't the case because half the team is on the injury report. But I would rather be healthy in December than, you know, try to risk stuff in October. So I guess I get it. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well maybe better horizons and look honestly uh if you guys can have a healthy julio and aj brown you all versus the kansas city chiefs may be the highest scoring game ever that game could be like 55 90 i mean it would be fucking crazy because i i don't like the kansas city can't stop the run and they can't stop the pass and all that Tennessee would have to do is throw to a wide open Julio and AJ Brown all day or hand off for Henry to get 10 yards a clip. 
So real interested to see how that kind of goes as, as, as we get closer. I do expect Kansas City to make some trades here, which again goes to they've already given away a bunch of picks to go get Brown. They're going to have to make more fucking trades to go get more players. Uh, I just don't. I just don't think that happens. One thing um, I will say about the Titans' defense before we move on: we finally, finally saw the regular season debut of first-round pick Caleb Farley last week. They threw him out there against Lavisca Chenault uh, for a little while in the second half of that game against Jacksonville, and he held his own. He definitely got beat a couple times, but that's to be expected for someone who hasn't played real football since 2019. So yeah. uh, definitely good news. Uh, the Titans, they've gotten big contributions from LSU draft pick from last year, Christian Fulton. He's finally turning into the shutdown corner that they thought he could be. So if Farley can get going, things could change in the Titans' backfield. Uh, but he's still young. He's still a rookie. If they throw him out there against Diggs or Emmanuel Sanders next week, I 100% expect him to get roasted. So. Uh, just something to look forward to in the future. Uh, the the future is bright for the secondary, but right now it looks it looks really bad. The uh, future's bright for your secondary and the Jets, right? I don't know yeah. about the Jets, but uh, things yeah. look bright over here. Uh, it's, it's been solid for us. Our secondary, I think we've only given up like two or three touchdowns to like wide receivers this year. Ironically, so that hasn't really been too bad to be honest. Both teams looking to round it. I do think the Jets have some good fundamentals. So I, 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 I don't know. I'm stuck in this place with the Jets where I look at them and I'm like, you know, I want you to be good, but at the same time, I'm just <laughs> how many? You know, you're a Jets fan, you know, but you're I like, how many times can I keep showing up? Bro. Yeah, I know. Like, come <laughs> on, it's just so funny. Uh, you said something on Twitter. You're like, oh, first time Jet fans losing their mind. Uh, you know, people watching it on Twitter being like, what the fuck is this Jets team? And you're like, yeah, say nothing. Yeah, man. yeah, this is nothing. Yeah, no, this is the paper. Um, so, all right, cool. Uh, any other football thoughts before we get out of here? No, I think I'm good to go. Like I said, this stretch for the Titans, we got uh, Bills, then we got Chiefs, and then another divisional matchup with the Colts. So in three weeks, I might Oof. either be extremely happy or depressed. I think you just got to go one and two in there, and it, one win has to be against the Colts to lock that division up. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't feel great about it, but I agree. Because that's two wins against the Colts then, right? So they'll have no ability to make up ground on you. I don't think they have that ability regardless, but, yeah, that would be correct. Yeah. All right. All right, Leo. Take us out of here. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pick and Play Show. For the boy Gordo, for the boy Zell, my name is Leo. As usual, make sure that you rate, subscribe, review, share with a friend. If you enjoyed the show, that's the one thing we're asking from you. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and send it to a buddy of yours. That way we can continue to grow. You guys should be seeing two episodes this week. We got the NFL show coming for you right here. But also look out for the NBA show coming probably around the same time. Uh, yeah, we're in full swing. Let's do this. I'm hype. Basketball, football, it's time. Kill Jay-Z. They'll never love you. You'll never be enough. Let's just keep it real, Jay-Z. Fuck Jay-Z. I mean, you shot your own brother. How could we know if we can trust Jay-Z? And you know better, nigga, I know you do. But you gotta do better, boy, you owe it the blue. You had no father, you had the armor. But you got a daughter, gotta get softer.